How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, and we are here for a Tuesday show, and we're starting to move the dial. We're going to talk one last time with a great guest about what we saw from the Chiefs offense in particular that we can build on as they get ready for Philadelphia. A little bit about Kareem Hunt. A little bit about Alex Smith. Connor Rogers is with us from Bleacher Report and the Stick to Football podcast. Uh, he's going to be on in a minute, and we will go through that. Only thing of major interest today was was the confirmation of how the Chiefs are going to deal with the Eric Berry loss, and that is that Eric Murray and Daniel Sorensen are going to split that time, and it's going to be dependent upon the package. Uh, pretty much what we had guessed, uh, Murray's going to be that guy that's going to float from, from the deep safety up closer to the box, and Daniel Swanson is going to be your nickel linebacker, just as he has been. Uh, replacing Barry is impossible, but trying to absorb his snaps uh, with one guy replacing him in that particular package just makes the most sense. Uh, I look for Murray to have a breakout season. I think he's going to do very well uh, in playing instead of a guy that, that he really has has worked to mentor underneath uh, for this last season. So uh, I'm excited for that, and while it's a huge loss, I think you're going to see something that is is worth the time. Um, Andy Reid had a press conference, had one thing in, in of interest uh, to note, and that's when he was asked about how uh, you attack Carson Wentz. And the fact uh, he replied, you know, he's a big man, it's – a big, strong kid, and he moves around well. You have to stay disciplined when you rush him, unquote. And that's really the focus that we're going to get into in the next couple of days. Is Justin Houston uh, came on strong at the end of the Pats game. Uh, their scheme was to keep it a simple rush of three most of the time. Uh, but I think that may change against a, a, a tall, strong quarterback like this uh, who had a fairly decent outing his first week himself. So we're going to get into that later in the week. But right now, uh, let's get to our guest. Well, we've got a great new guest for you, Chiefs fans. Connor Rogers. Let's see here. Uh, we got Fan Rag Sports. We got Bleacher Report. We got Stick to Football Podcast. Uh, am, am I missing anything? I think you got it covered. I appreciate the great intro, too. Well, if you guys haven't found him yet, it's Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. Go check him out. Uh, he's the guy that you're listening to, and I know you all are listening to Matt Miller anyway, so on Stick to Football, check that out, too. We're going to cover all kinds of things, especially about what's going on. I mean, this this first week with Kansas City, and there's so so many storylines, and a lot of them are revolved around rookies. And I know that you're you're specifically focused on the draft quite a bit. Give me your impression. Like, are you one of the guys that isn't very surprised about Kareem Hunt? Oh, not at all. Uh, it's funny. I, I was telling somebody not too long ago on the radio on Friday. They asked me about him after that big performance on Thursday, and. Listen, this was a guy that should not have stayed at Toledo an extra year, and I was shocked when he did because he was consistently, you know, in amongst the college football leaders in missed tackles force, constantly creating for himself, constantly having huge games. 
uh, you know, sometimes against lower level competition, but just dominating on a different level. And then he went back to Toledo for his senior year and did the same exact thing. And then for some reason, he flew under the radar, goes into the combine, runs a slow 40 time, you know, very average athlete, I guess you could say, in comparison to some of these freaks that put on a show at the combine. And he slips to the third round. So I'm not surprised at all. This was a player that was an all-around fantastic college starter with pro traits. He was light on his feet. He had great vision. He displayed some power. He's got a you know good build. He can be a workhorse back if you need him to. So I'm not shocked, but it is very impressive as the fact that he had to step in as a rookie and take on that kind of workload against the New England Patriots. And Listen, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive staff did him some favors because they had some brilliant plays drawn up, but he's a very, very good player and clearly ready for the bright lights. Well, one of the things that I noticed about him, at least coming out of the draft, is that they said that they would need to work on his hands a little bit. He wasn't, you know, and maybe a natural pass catcher. He needed to work on catching the ball. Uh, that didn't seem to be a problem for him at all against the Patriots, and I didn't see it in the preseason either, so I think it's something he's worked on. Uh, but what were your thoughts on him catching the ball out of the backfield for Kansas City? I agree with you. I, that was the one thing that surprised me. Listen, when he, he was at Toledo, he kind of lived in the backfield and, and was a runner. And, you know, he was ready in pass protection, which not a lot of guys are. That's the benefit you get when you do return to school is that you can improve on things like, you know, picking up the blitzers and pass protection, and then you're ready to step on the field as a rookie. But he wasn't – it's not like he was a, the kind of guy, when you look at a guy that's playing tonight in Alvin Kamara for the Saints, where you're like, we got to get him on the field for third down. He's our pass catcher. He was not that kind of guy. So it goes to show you, one thing that the Chiefs really have going for them right now is that this is a, a franchise that is consistently developing young players. Young players are getting there. Rookies are getting there. And their development has not only been very impressive, but it's the fact of how quickly it's happening that is it's really showing up under Andy Reid's staff. The thing that stood out to me about Hunt and the reason that I was not surprised when he ended up on Kansas City's roster, and that's because they have a history of scouting the Senior Bowl maybe a little bit more than they should, but it's a place that they go to the well time and time and time again. What was your impression of him after that Senior Bowl, and did you feel that was a determining factor, or was it really always back to the tape? Yeah, it kind of always stayed back to the tape, because when I went to Mobile, he, he's definitely obviously on the list, but... A lot of times when you get to Mobile, especially the players that you've watched a lot of over the past year, two years, three years, you really just kind of want to see, you know, how they how they size up. Are they true to their listed height? Are they true, you know, to their actual speed and pads and all of that stuff? So when you got to Mobile, you kind of knew who Kareem Hunt was. And the problem is, too, he's a guy that he really thrives, it seems like, when the pads are on and it's full contact. And in Mobile, a lot of it, especially this year, I had this conversation with a lot of people. Miller agreed with me. It was the most boring practices we have ever seen in Mobile just because of the coaching staffs there were not really having a lot of live full contact plays. And that hurts guys like Kareem Hunt because they don't get to show off what they're best at. Like I said, yards after contact and missed tackles force is where this guy makes a living. And it's where he shines most. And when you don't get to always show that in the, the draft process, people forget about how good you actually are. So when you go back to look at him at Toledo, you're saying, well, this guy's a gamer. It's as simple as that. And I think that's exactly what we got on Thursday night against the Patriots. I hate shifting away from the Patriots game, but I have to ask you about an article you wrote, and since we're talking about the Chiefs draft anyway, about Patrick Mahomes and exceeding expectations in the preseason. Obviously, I don't think anybody really saw this performance from Alex Smith coming, 
Uh, but what did you see from Mahomes, and what did you see specifically from Alex Smith Thursday night that uh, you know you are taking away from that game? Well, there's a couple things here. I think with Mahomes, it was an exciting preseason because you know that talked about arm talent and mobility and just ability to create the big play was on display week after week. And, and I think with Mahomes, what impressed me was though he was going through his reads and he was you know picking up when the pressure was on and when to get the ball out quickly. He was doing things that he didn't always show you at Texas Tech. And the fact that that took him one summer is very, very impressive. Now, with that being said, you know, even before this great performance by Alex Smith, what I know, you know, from, uh, you know, just people around the Chiefs and whatnot, people around that locker room is that that locker room, they, they will ride with Alex Smith. They love Alex Smith. The staff likes Alex Smith. They don't want to go to Mahomes this year. They feel that he's best suited for a year development. He has a big learning curve coming out of Texas Tech, playing against those Big 12 defenses, which don't play much defense at all. And I think it's just a perfect situation that you don't often get to see in the NFL anymore these days is that a rookie starter with all-world upside but needs time can sit on the bench because you have an adequate starter in place right now. And is Alex Smith ever going to be you know, this all-world player? Do I think he can get them over the hump and into the Super Bowl? I would be really surprised. It, it's tough. But can you win games consistently with him? Yes, without a doubt. And you saw that when you when you look at what he has around him now, they've found ways to maximize Tyree Kill's speed into the offense and not just on special teams and gadget plays and things like that. He's a true vertical threat in the passing game for this offense. The placement from Alex Smith was just excellent. Not only to him, but obviously to the guy we just talked about a lot with Kareem Hunt. And, I mean, he... I think they can pass protect pretty well. I think it's people, you know, fans don't specifically value what a veteran quarterback can do for not only calling, you know, calling things at the line, but for your pass protection. So and Mahomes needs time to figure all of those things out. It's why the Rams were so hesitant to start Jared Goff at the beginning of last year. These things take time and it requires patience, but you couldn't ask for a better start to the season as a Chiefs fan because your veteran starter is extremely, extremely sharp as we've ever seen him. And your rookie starter had a great preseason where there's a lot to be excited about next year. Now, I think a lot of times the perception in and around Kansas City, quote-unquote, inside the bubble versus the national take on what's going on differs quite a bit. And what I want to know is after watching that performance, it's dumbed down a little bit. It's not quite as loud. But there's still a lot of folks that think Pat Mahomes should be running this team right now. And I want to know from you, like, when you watch that game, is there any reason to think that there's any reason to put Pat Mahomes in this season at all? And secondly, do you think that this is a turning point for Alex Smith where he can repeat this kind of performance? I mean, this was, you know, almost a career performance from him, especially at New England to open the season. And – but, you know, with that being said, it's hard to imagine a situation where the wheels really fall off here and the Chiefs staff feels they have to get Mahomes in. When you look at it right now, okay, the Eagles are are no joke, but this is a Chiefs team, a Chiefs defense that is going to give Carson Wentz problems. And a Chiefs team, especially with a veteran with Alex Smith in, is going to do a much better job in pass protection than a lot of teams will against that vicious Eagles front seven. The Chargers, the Redskins, the Texans, those are winnable games for the Chiefs right now for them to gain momentum. Where this scares me and where the fan pressure can really mount is, you know, the second quarter of this schedule when you got to play the Steelers and then you travel to Oakland and then you play the Broncos and then you travel to Dallas. That's the meat of this schedule. It's a little scary. 
And listen, I still don't think they'll go away from Alex Smith unless, like I said, the wheels just absolutely fall off. And this is a 500 team halfway through the year. The back end of this schedule, there's a lot of games where Mahomes can come in and get acclimated and they're almost layup games. But once again, I mean, you know the veteran's going to get the job done against teams like the Bills, the Jets, the Chargers again, and then the Dolphins. It's such an interesting scenario, and I do think the fan pressure will mount if they don't survive the meat of that schedule. But I I just don't see this staff turning to the rookie this year. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Do you have the Patriots or the Chiefs, Chicago or Detroit? Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and the rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash and win big today. And that's really the reason we're telling you to go make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in this business. And an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go super easy. All you got to do is join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. That's two for one. Use promo code LOCHIEFS, that's LOCHIEFS, to activate the offer. Super easy. Visit AG today. You play, you win, you get paid. Well, one of the things that really stood out to me was the play of the Chiefs defense uh, when it came down to being very important in the second and and in the fourth quarter, uh, and they were pretty good in the third quarter as well. What did you see from Justin Houston and the Chiefs defense on Thursday night? Well, it's fascinating because when you look at Houston, it's almost like he didn't show up for the first half, and it's so funny how Twitter works. People were starting to write him off and saying, you know, is this the end of Justin Houston and all that nonsense? Then the second half, you get Justin Houston knowing the Patriots are going to throw, pinning his ears back, and flying off the edge. I mean, he just absolutely, I think it was Marcus Cannon, absolutely destroyed him on one rep for a sack. And he got hits on Brady. When Justin Houston is on, especially when a team, this is the beauty about the Chiefs. And, you know, why I could see fans almost, I guess, wanting to go to Mahomes. Because I guess you always want to get the lead in football, no matter what. If the Chiefs' offense can come out and play the first half where they're tied or have the lead, if they force teams to throw in the second half, this is a defense meant to thrive off of that. Now, the loss of Eric Berry, it it just can't be understated because he does so much on the back end. But when that front seven can just go after the quarterback, they're as good as anyone in the NFL. It's as simple as that. When they know what's coming, they can destroy you. I think... You know, they're strong against the run. There's no doubt about that. But when they can just fly these guys off the edge, you got depth. I mean, you look at D Ford, Justin Houston's still got full gas in the tank. They have a great interior. They, you know, they got a little younger at linebacker now. I really like the addition of Reggie Ragland for the long term. Uh, This is a team that they're built to hold leads, and that's a very special thing to be good at in the NFL. Now, I like that you bring up Ragland. What was your impression of him coming out of school? I absolutely loved him. I think. You know, we're so crazed now with the new age linebacker. Everyone's looking for guys with, you know, they're undersized, sideline to sideline speed. They kind of run around blocks rather than through them. But when you look at Sutton's defense in Kansas City, you need a mauler. You need a masher for the middle. A thumper is what they like to call them. 
when you saw Ragland come out of Alabama, it was just old school linebacking. I mean, he could sit in the middle, come down, fill the hole, take on the lead blocks, do the dirty work and clear space for everyone else. And I think guys like that aren't valued anymore in the NFL. Ragland to me was a younger David Harris. David Harris was great at Michigan, great for a decade for the New York Jets. Didn't always get the credit that he deserved, but he was the reason the Jets, especially in the golden era, like the golden days of Rex Ryan, that two to three year span where his defense was as good as anyone in the league. Harris was the guy in the middle that was clearing so much space for everyone to shut down the run. I saw that potential in Raglan coming out. Now, my gut feeling is he just he came back a little soon. He probably wasn't himself in Bill's camp. And he didn't fit McDermott's defense. It's as simple as that. You saw, I mean, the Bills shipped away everyone this summer. Got good football players. Sammy Watkins, Ronald Darby. I mean, they shipped away good football players. Reggie Ragland is a very good physical run-stopping football player. I think he'll be just fine in Kansas City. I like that, you know, you don't have to rely on him too much right now. Let him, you know, get acclimated. Let him get fully healthy. And that's something that, you know, you gave away a fourth-round pick. You might look two to three years down the road and be like, man, this guy was top 50 value in that draft class. Well, you look at a player like Reggie Ragland, and I understand that Patriots probably would have scored eventually, but there are two specific plays that Gillsley ran t- for TDs that went right at Rameek Wilson. If that's Reggie Ragland and he's healthy, I don't think they make those plays. And granted, like I said, I do think that you know they probably get the TDs anyway, but Raglan is going to change his defense, and getting a chance to l- learn from somebody like Derek Johnson is a phenomenal opportunity for a guy like that. Yeah, I think that's the line of thinking here. I think you're looking, listen, Derek Johnson's getting up there in years, and it's kind of incredible. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I personally think his play hasn't tailed off as much as you would expect for his age. Uh, I think the fact that he's on the wrong side of 30, and year after year, it's like, well, when is he going to completely fall off? And you know, now you have the protege behind him, and in my opinion, it's the perfect protege. Rameek Wilson is a guy that, if he's your third linebacker, maybe the next guy up due to injury, that's good depth to have. Should he be out there every down? I don't necessarily think so. So they went out, they saw a need, they saw a value, and they got their guy. And I think, he, you know, like I said, I think he's going to pay off for the future. And thank you, Buffalo. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Well, let's let's turn towards the future for a minute and go back at quarterbacks because I see a couple of things happening in the next few years that are going to twist what's going on now. You have an aging Tom Brady. You have an aging Ben Roethlisberger. In this division, you have an aging Phil Rivers. You have Pat Mahomes that will take over. Now or later, he's going to be the quarterback of the future. You have a young Derek Carr. Uh, you have a quandary. Uh, I think the Chiefs are lucky that they didn't end up with Paxton Lynch as they were rumored to be trading for him. So in this coming class, you could see a possibility of these quarterbacks coming through. And when you look at the competition within the AFC West, which I still feel is the best division in football right now, is there a quarterback that stands out to you that might be a good fit in this division, particularly in uh, uh, San Diego slash Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting. Here's the Chargers problem, and I've talked about this a lot because it's, it's been a problem for a lot of teams over the years, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Bills. When you're treading water, it's hard to go get your guy. And I think, you know, now don't get me wrong, there's rare cases. You look at Russell Wilson being a day two pick. It's an outlier. It's not the norm. 
with this class, you're going to have plenty of good young quarterbacks. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, I like the ceiling of Josh Allen. I think he's got a long ways to go. There's plenty of guys in this class, though, that can be very adequate starters in the future of the NFL. I just think the Chargers are going to win too many games to be there. You go down the line of teams that are going to need quarterback, that are going to be picking at the top. I mean, it all starts with the Jets. You look at the Bills, yeah, they got the week one win, but it was against the Jets. So the Bills will be up there too. They have the ammo to trade up if they need to. Uh, I mean, and then you go down a laundry list of teams. If Kirk Cousins walks from Washington, they're going to need a quarterback. We saw last night, I mean, Eli Manning has been regressing forever. And so it goes Giants, Cardinals. The list just goes on and on. Big Ben's going to retire eventually. So the problem for the Los Angeles Chargers is that there's just I, there's just so much competition, and I just think they'll be too good. They'll win too many games. They should win, at, you know, at least six or seven games this year. Uh, I think they have a really good roster. I, I think that you know they get always get bit by the injury bug, which is kind of tough, and we'll see how the secondary holds up. But I, I don't think they'll be in position to really take their guy of the future right away, and it might be a little bit of a holding period if, or they'll be in a tough spot if Rivers retires after this year. So I got to ask you, did you hear any stories that uh, maybe aren't widespread about uh, the Chiefs and Mahomes or different teams that wanted to trade up to get Mahomes? Because I've heard maybe three or four or five teams that wanted to go and get him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I know the most notable one was the Texans. The Texans were doing, you know, just about everything they could to come up and get him. Uh, you can kind of tell with after he went off the board. I, I don't want to say it was a panic, but they they realized, hey, Deshaun Watson's the last guy left. We got to get him. But I, I believe they were always coming up. They were always trying to come up for Pat. And uh, I mean, listen, Pat was Andy Reid's guy, and you look at his skill set, and it adds up. Everybody heard the Brett Favre things. You know, I don't like putting that kind of pressure on you know Pat Mahomes and you know using the Brett Favre thing. But when you're ter- you're talking about just a true gunslinger. A guy that's, you know, a complete wild card in a sense in terms of, like, all-world ceiling. The floor might be low, but, you know, he looks great. It's interesting. I I think there was plenty of teams, but I just think a lot of them were sitting too far back and didn't have the ammo to make the move. It does fascinate me that the Bills moved out of their spot. Um, And just, you know, that's a team that uh, I thought the GM could have maybe saved himself another year or two, Whaley, by getting a quarterback, and they opted to, to not do that, and now, you know, he's not there anymore, so it's tough luck. But the one I, like I said, the one I know is the Texans. Um, I'm sure of that. And, listen, the Chiefs just outplayed them. The draft is a, a game of chess, I would say, and I think the Chiefs did a really nice job. Now, it's no secret. They gave up, you know, a lot of draft capital to go get them, but they got it done when a lot of teams couldn't. Well, the other side of that is they did it when you would expect them to try to improve their team to try to make a Super Bowl run, and I think that's what shocked so many people. Uh, I really like Pat Mahomes. I'm really glad they went up and got him. I just was very surprised that they did it. Yeah, me too. I mean, you look at the roster, and it's kind of fascinating. Veach is going to have a very interesting uh, interesting run here with the Chiefs because you, when you look at what I always give the I mean, listen, Dorsey's great, but you look at what Chris Ballard was doing personnel-wise for this team for so long. He, he did such a good job. They just didn't have a lot of misses when you look at the Chiefs. You go year after year, and you're like, man, this is a team that just consistently reloaded through the draft, you know, over and over again. It was uh, it was very impressive, and you know, now it's all it's all on beach. But I think they did a nice job before you know before leaving, kind of restocking again for the future because quarterback was going to be a question eventually, and. 
here they are now. Sure, they're you know they're going to not have a lot to work with in this draft class, but it, they have their quarterback of the future, and not a lot of teams can say that in the NFL right now. Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. Check him out. It's the easiest way to find all the Bleacher Report and Fan Rag. Make sure you're checking out the Stick to Football podcast, please. Connor, thanks for joining us. It's been great having you on. Yeah, no doubt, guys. I appreciate it. And that's it for us today, folks. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. Store or jcp.com for details.